Welcome to another edition of Leading Edge Interviews. I'm your host, Super Dave. Thank you for joining me as we dig a little deeper into the minds of the people out there making amazing progressive rock every day. Well, as far as power trios go out there, it's pretty much impossible to find a better group than that that is composed of Guthrie Govan, Brian Beller, and Marco Miniman. Together, they are called the Aristocrats, and they have been wowing audiences for over 13 years now from a partnership that began almost by accident. Just a set of circumstances led to them discovering how amazing they work together. And the rest of us out here have been able to benefit from that random set of circumstances that led to this. Well, in their latest album, they're going to be trying something just a little bit different than they have done in the past. They've been known as storytellers when talking about their songs, but this will be the first time they take an album and make an entire story out of it. Very cool and very unusual, exceedingly rare for an instrumental-only album. Nonetheless, I had the lucky opportunity to sit down and chat with Marco Miniman, their virtuosic drummer, one of the most amazing ones out there playing these days. And we got to talk all about their latest album, Duck, their upcoming touring plans a little bit, and just a little bit about the philosophy of working within a band structure, especially when you change and you work with a lot of different bands and a lot of different artists out there. Well, without further ado, here is my conversation with Marco Miniman of The Aristocrats and many other things. Well, I thank you very much for joining me today, sir. Appreciate it. I hope things are good where you're at. Uh, you're on the other side of the country, I think, from me. So hopefully your weather's better than ours. But you guys have been getting a lot of rain, I guess, lately, haven't you? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. We did. Absolutely. So uh, where are you based? Uh, I am in New Jersey. So almost as oh, yeah. as you can get without actually going offshore. <laughs> correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, the weather also is not that nice over here. Like, we had a lot of rain, you know, but hey, that's okay. Might have, we need Might have been a good time to be a duck. Yeah, absolutely. It's a fitting to the album title. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of that, so, you know, hey, let's start with the obvious. Uh, you, along with Guthrie and Brian, as the aristocrats, you've got the new album out, Duck. It's out as of last Friday. Um, and for you guys, it's I guess it's a little bit of a departure um, and kind of unique in a sense because it's an instrumental concept album. And there really aren't, a lot of those in existence out there. So True. I guess starting for those not familiar already with this album, tell tell us a little bit about the concept behind Duck. Well, it, it started really kind of completely out of the blue as most of these things really start, don't they? So uh, I think I'm responsible for the album title. And um, so basically I was with Guthrie, I think, like one and a half years ago while we were on tour walking on a day off somewhere on a you know harbor area or something like that and so we sat down and had like a coffee or something and a duck came by and sat down and so i couldn't help but making like just a silly little quote uh, uh you know otis redding basically but i said like oh sitting with a duck on a bay and so we started <laughs> laughing <laughs> and so i had this song that sort of had like an r&b-ish groove and so I named that song Sitting with a Duck on a Bay. You know, that was kind of the working title and became the thing. And it had like this melody that reminded of a duck a little bit. So I thought like, okay, cool, let's just go all the way in. And uh, we started making duck jokes. And then since we already are known for, which also, you know, just accidentally more or less happened, uh, involved rubber animals, you know, on our show. And yeah, they became a thing. So it was like, 
well, why don't we have like a duck join the family, you know? So, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. And then sto stories evolved around that whole duck character. And so, yep, there you go. As soon as, soon as you knew, uh, we had, uh, we had a concept album <laughs> with like, you know, stories for each song and brought us great joy. And I think it's kind of cute and, and cool. That sounds fun. Yeah, it, does. it really is a, a new spin on things because most people don't think of instrumental albums as yeah. concept oriented. As a matter of fact, I, I even tried to do a little research. It's difficult to find examples, and I found maybe one out there, and I think that one wasn't even intended to be an instrumental to begin with. <laughs> so it only oh, instrumental. It was only yeah. an accidental instrumental album. But um, yeah. So I'm curious yeah. as as you're doing this. There's is this akin to writing a work of fiction then telling the story of the duck uh, i don't know how much experience you guys have doing that so what was it like to change things up a little bit in that way well it's interesting because what we did we were taking all of our songs and basically incorporating the titles of the songs into the duck story and then writing the story around the song titles and so it became fun so it's uh and especially um well, Brian got totally into the rabbit hole because his sister, Marcy, is, is actually a writer. She writes books. Right. So, you know, she kind of, you know, helped basically literally kind of getting, you know, the stories into form and kind of professionally kind of editing and, and whatnot. And so, yeah, that's how that really happened. It, it was, it's actually kind of a fun journey. What you do is like really you sit down in the studio then and have like a few pints or whatnot, you know, after a recording day and then you kind of, tailor the stories around the character and it becomes a joyful you know cool experience you know that's really all that happened and and um but yeah it 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 takes the duck character on a journey you know like like a whole thing there's a whole story around it and it goes along like i said like every every week or every month actually we put out one chapter so which is kind of cool and keeps <laughs> the momentum of the album going and unveiling the story so it's a kind of a little side bonus thing obviously like the most important thing and what we're in for is the music you know the musical message you know but sure but sure. i think especially as a as an instrumental trio um with our following and fan base and stuff i guess it's so cool that we still that, that we don't have to take ourselves too seriously you know i think you know that's really the worst in music i think you can do if you take yourself too serious and 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 so with a dark character, that is definitely already kind of <laughs> out of the question. So, yeah, I hope everybody has fun with it and is not scared of, of the notes that we play, you know? <laughs> I can't imagine. I can't yeah. imagine. But yeah, I, you guys do have a reputation for, for being just a fun play-around act. I, I don't think I've ever seen or read anything suggesting any of you take yourselves too seriously, which I think yeah. is what, you know makes this pretty much a natural fit because when you think yes. of so many concept albums, they can be such heavy topics or yes. very yes. fantastical. And the idea of, of putting yeah. together a story about an anthropomorphized duck yes. Is, yes. is so out of the blue, but it's so cool and fits you guys. Exactly that. Exactly that. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's like the Krampus or something, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. You have like, you know, <laughs> the fictional character. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, we didn't write the wall, even though, you know, I like this album a lot, you know, no, but no, we're, we're not that kind of fan. <laughs> so if I understand correctly, then what you guys were doing, basically we're making it up as you went along. This wasn't one yeah. of those things where like a lot of writers have their whole outline and they know where the story begins and ends. But no, rather than like each month you just came up with, hey, what's he doing this month? Yeah, exactly that. Because 
we're like each writers and so each of us writes uh, provided like three songs for the album and so the titles were completely different before like but we tailored like i said the the stories around the titles like for example the song hey where's my drink package came from a completely different story and uh from a completely different background and and so then we think like okay why could the duck character kind of you know sort of get in trouble with drinks so okay he's sitting at a bar there's like trouble he goes like hey where's my drink package because i advertise so and as soon as, as it happens like a angry penguin or something was on to him and uh sergeant rockhopper and kicked him off the island you know and so you <laughs> you get along you know with that and that's it's it becomes really fun that's amazing now so you said each of you guys were responsible for a portion of the songs Yes. Did the person who wrote the individual song, were they responsible for fleshing out the story that went with the song, or was that a group process? Nah, that's 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 more like a group process, yeah. uh, or whoever comes up with a cool idea, you know, that's right, right. That, like I said, you know, that is like a thing, you know, we didn't take too seriously, you know, so we were, we were just kind of, kind of, you know, going along as we tour and making up new stories about yeah. the duck, you know? Yeah. That's really <laughs> I mean, it, it fits your style as a band because you're a group of guys who I know you write songs, but you also have no hesitance about improvising along the way. So it almost is like you kind of improvise the story as well. So that's perfectly within context of your, your guys' process. Absolutely that. I think, you know, with the songs, it's the same way because some of that music is very hard. You know, some of the, some of the songs are, are really, I mean, you know, especially introducing the new material and, 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 this is the paradox, actually, of the whole album because the duck story is so fun and so cute and and in, you know it was interesting. And, but uh, hopefully, uh, but the songs are some of the most heavy songs we had ever on an Aristocrats album. It's a very hard album, like a lot of uh, intense material. And so we were actually, you know, uh, for the first few shows, rehearsing very very well to make sure that we kind of can execute some of that material properly. So, uh, but we do have in most of the songs also parts of improvisation, you know, just to kind of let go and kind of play with it a little bit to then return to the main elements, you know. So I guess it's important. Otherwise, you just sit there and, and might as well be an orchestra musician, you know. So that that's, that's not really what we want to be. I guess, you know, a, a great deal about what, what we do is also having fun on stage and, and having those moments where we can, you know, just talk freely and, and the audience enjoys it as well. Sometimes we involve the audience even. I guess that's kind of a cool bond that we that we established. <laughs> nice. So in and in that sense too, I guess I hear what you're talking about in terms of it being heavier than normal, especially uh, I think good example of that would be uh the Arista Club. Yeah. You know, that song to me, I remember listening to it and going, Boy, I if if this were something that I was hearing from like say Steve Vai or something like that, I would not have been shocked at all because it had more of a metal leaning where you guys tend to be a little bit more slightly leaning more towards what jazz fusion half the time. But you yeah. you're, you you guys are very flexible in terms of your styles and all that as well. So you really have never fixated very much in one direction. But it was it was a cool shift of pace, change of pace. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By by by, when I said earlier, like the songs are hard. That I I didn't mean like really kind of just from the heaviness of it, but yeah. hard also from the facility. We have like a lot of uh, difficult songs, you know, uh-huh. this time around. But 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 also true, also yeah. true. And I also pointed out it's it's it, this album has like more rock elements. It's like higher energy for some reason. Yeah, that's true. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, speaking as a non-musician, everything you guys do is mind-boggling. So level of difficulty, I think, at this point (laughs) for me, (laughs) musicians may feel it more than I do, but uh, yeah, it's it's that kind of thing. How how much of that was intentional on your part? Were you guys thinking, hey, let's go into this one and push ourselves a little harder than we normally do, or did it just develop that way? No, that organically develops. You know, what we usually do is like each of us brings like three songs to the table. And then, you know, uh, we either way agree on them, which mostly really happens. We never have like a thing, you know, that somebody says yeah. like, ah, no, no, not that song, but this song. Usually we're kind of, you know, pretty, uh, yeah, pretty in sync, you know, with, with these things. We kind of can, we know already what we can write for each other and um, and what the other band members like. You know, I think that's important in the band that you kind of are not, you can't be selfish. You have to kind of ride with the other people in mind in the band. And so... I don't know how it established, but when once the collection of songs came together, we kind of figured, like, oh, holy cow, this is like actually really kind of almost like a hard rock album or something like what? that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> lots, it's lots of energy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. Yeah. So, but yeah, happened completely organically. You know, we did. Yeah. You know, uh, Do you think there was some influence there from, from music you've been listening to recently that just kind of filtered into your brain and then came out through the instruments? I, personally speaking, I. No, not from my end, because strangely enough, I don't really listen that often to music, because when you make music, you know, then (laughs) when you write music, then it's like the last thing I want to do after having a recording session or writing session is listening to music, you know, so, so, uh, no, I mean, I guess we're all influenced, you know, by our, you know, past listening experiences or favorite bands, you know, that will probably never go away. But not so much actually any recent stuff that, that, that I could say like, oh yeah, this is cool. It inspired me, you know, right. I mean, there's great stuff out there, you know, but no, 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 I, I personally don't work that way. I really kind of just sit down with the guitar or keyboard or behind the drums and then wait for a cool riff to fall from the sky or, you know, thing. And then I tailor a song around it. That's how that really works. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> But it's interesting that the th- I guess it sounds like the three of you kind of came to this album with that similar mindset. And maybe to my mind, that speaks to, you know, the, clearly there is a very deep chemistry among the three of you uh, that you've been carrying on this project over the last, yeah. you know, what, 13 years now. So and you keep coming back to it. What makes the Aristocrats in particular a special project for you? Well, it is really the chemistry, and that's you know you can't completely nail that one. And so the the thing is, what what <laughs> I remember like having this trio or like various kind of other bands, and you know you kind of you know play with other musicians and you kind of write songs and you bring them on the road and it's fun. This was different, you know. I remember like we from from the get go when we once we started the first few notes in the studio or in this rehearsal space. There was like this magic there, this chemistry, like this 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 thing that you cannot describe. Like you literally kind of you speak the same language without even talking, you know, by just playing, and you go like, oh, there's an impact. And so uh, when we started to do the first album, and then the second album, and then onwards, then when that's when you can really kind of tell how you know you develop. You kind of know each other even better. You kind of know where each co- other's comfort zones are, you know, what we like to listen together sometimes in the car or, you know, joke about stories. And and that is really kind of, I guess, what forms this chemistry or makes the bond stronger. And, uh, well, it's it's also, you know, I mean, life is not always easy on the road, you know, and you learn to deal with each other's personal quirks or kind of things, you know, it's like really kind of 
a thing if you would be like in your late teens or early 20s where bands would kind of break up about like all kinds of stuff but i guess we're meanwhile wise enough and long enough in the business you know that we learned how to how to accept each other's you know things and and kind of get, just get along and kind of basically make the best out of it and 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 bring that to the music and so so that's that's yeah that's how how the aristocrats really work right yeah it's not yeah. always easy but the mission is the same you know <laughs> Yeah. Well, and and I think history has taught us over the decades that, you know, when you get a group of virtuosos together in one yeah. band, that yeah. it's not uncommon for there to be egos attached to those virtuosos and the room they're in can get small very quickly. Yeah. So you guys clearly have found a way to keep from overextending your space in those terms, which maybe suggests there are no egos among you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to be selfless, you know, about these things. And so, yeah, obviously, uh, I guess the, each of us, each of us got those issues kind of out of our ways pretty quickly. I mean, we're all known also individually as virtuosos and, you know, musicians. And we, we don't, I guess nobody in the band is like hungry for like a spotlight or something right. like that. That's not what we're in for, you know, so... And I guess, uh, but that's, that's like you said, uh, but I guess that is a very important factor that you kind of, you know, you, you can't, you can't have egos. If you have like egos in the band, you know, th that really want to dominate a certain kind of thing, then it's time for you to do a solo album or something. <laughs> so, so the aristocrats are really not that way. We kind of really yeah. step in for each other there and, and, and also enjoy playing each other's songs. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's funny you say that because exactly as you were describing that, you then used this almost exact same wording um, as Bumblefoot, who I spoke with last week, Ron Thal. Oh, yeah, I, and I and similar to him, you guys have all played with so many different artists and so many different bands. And I guess through those experiences, a lot of a lot of you guys can develop a sort of Zen perspective about how to yeah. approach working with different individuals and all that. That's that's really kind of cool. Yeah, it kind of works that way, isn't it? You know, when you uh, I guess it, it, we also have experiences, and so does Ron, you know, like as uh, not only individual artists, but also sidemen in the past, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, hopefully you learn how to integrate yourself into an environment, you know, that is not always about you, you know, so that you basically just really... I mean, and at the end of the day, it, it really is alone in the aristocrats because... Heh, it is like basically three different solo projects coming together because we write our individual songs and you know have them executed by the band. Yeah. It's no, it's no different from any of my solo albums. I would have if some of those songs wouldn't have ended up on Duck, they would have ended up on my solo album. You know what I mean? It's like, it's yeah. So and and that's probably the same for Brian and Guthrie as well. At the end of the day, you know, we are writers, like individual writers, and completely map out each of our songs individually and produce them also in the studio. I guess that's a healthy environment as well that mm. everyone pretty much has the same uh, uh, workload. I wouldn't say it's really not work. I think music is always fun. It should be. And, but yeah, you know, so the same creativity that we bring, you know, into, into the equation. So nobody really feels left out or, or there, there's no, you know, car race that we start or something is like, okay, you know, who has more songs on the album? Who does this? It's like, no, that no, we don't work that way. Right. <laughs> yeah. I have to think, and, and I think it's the same feeling I got from him as well that I get from you at the moment. It's like, we're talking about a, a, a musician or an artist having to have that 
certain level of inner sense of security that you know, they aren't feeling they have this this need to push for their part to be somewhere or them to be highlighted. Yeah. Like you already have the confidence, you know, that you have established for everybody what you're capable of doing. And you don't show everything this time, you'll show it all next time. That's, that's, I, I imagine that's a very cool place to be. Yeah. 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 It really is. It really is. It's, uh, you can also look forward to the next album. For me, it's like personally speaking, um, I'm not afraid of, of change. You know, I love change. And so I guess that's what the aristocrats are also like, you know, all about. Otherwise, it would be like, you know, speaking, uh, doing the same speech, you know, every day, it, it would be really boring, you know, so having the same conversation at dinner, you know, so, so, um, every time we finish an album, my head is already into the next project, either way, my solo, next solo album or, or the next Aristocrats album. I always keep writing and then thinking, okay, this could be a cool thing for next time already. So, yeah. uh, I guess that's, that's a cool thing. Looking forward to something, because I guess if you dwell uh, on an album or like a concept for too long that that is that is also not that's not a healthy environment you know you should let go and have fun you know do the best you can and uh and once the album is out go on to the next one you know you play obviously the songs live and then maybe release a live album which is cool you see like the songs develop in different directions also while you present them in front of an audience yeah so but yeah, I always still keep uh, already keep in mind, you know, that or still keep in mind that how the next album could kind of turn out and what ways we could explore next time. And that's a that's a that's a cool thing while you're still on the road with the other material. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I always like to think that whatever an artist goes into a new album, that somewhere along the line they're they're going to encounter challenges, opportunities, things different from what they've done in the past. So I'm curious, uh, of course, of the, the fact that you were writing stories for these songs and making a concept album. Yeah. What opportunities or challenges did you encounter this time that uh, are stood out for you? Oh, you mean like uh, during the recording process? Yeah. Well, challenges, we try to avoid, you know, any sort of random uh, hurdles or something that we have to deal with. So what was really comfortable this time around was not not so much a challenge but we decided the challenges were earlier on finding good music studios that kind of fit our needs you know that we could where we could perform in live and have like enough separation that we would kind of hear each other but by not really kind of having microphones you know uh, or instruments bleeding and into uh, others microphones so we need like basically a studio where we can the three of us see each other perfectly in a triangle for example but still be in the same room and play together so those were challenges finding the right studios all the time and we we i think accomplished with um now meanwhile for the second time going into the brother and studios which is now ca called carbonite um the studio that i found actually a few years ago uh, with my dear friend uh, simon phillips together um we did like a sample library for Cubase Steinberg. And uh, so our drum samples are out there in the world and available as Groove Agents, the Mark Miniman's series, uh, what is it, Signature Series, and Simon's as well. And so that studio just sounded incredible. And the equipment they have is astonishing and just a collection of instruments and, and variety. I was completely puzzled by. So I kind of uh, said to my band mates, I said, like, listen, I, this place might be really, really nice for us. So we started recording uh, um, the You Know What album there, and we were very, very pleased. And so this time around, 
you know, we we started, what did we do different? Not much. I borrowed a different drum set where I thought, like, okay, how can we get like even 10 or 20% more out of, you know, the soundscapes or what can we now refine, you know? So these things are always kind of a little bit of challenges to kind of go like, okay, you know, you want to do it as good as possible. What instruments do you pick, you know? And then obviously the engineering, like some mixes, uh, take a while until, you know, one thinks it's really perfect. And I have to say, I'm like a little more easygoing, for example, than Brian is. Brian gets very OCD about this kind of stuff. And he kind of, yeah, it's it's not uncommon that, you know, uh, we receive like uh, from, from his songs or something, eight mixes, you know, before like eight mix downs, you know, and then decide, okay, which one is the one. I'm like more really uh, easygoing with that. I, yeah. Okay, does it sound good? Do we sound good together? Let's play. And I'm not afraid of dirt. If there's like anything that's like a little bit like, you know, like a, like a hum or something, or I yeah. don't care. This is like the stuff that I really actually like about like the Led Zeppelin albums or something that you hear like sometimes something that, that is not supposed to be there. That is cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I guess, you know, that's a cool thing with the aristocrats, you know, that we have like uh, 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 those three different characters, like being very OCD about like, you know, certain elements, you know. And so right. I guess, you know, that makes the album, yeah, uh, better, you know, basically. But it's scary, like how the last album is actually sounds, it sounds pretty perfect, I thought. It's actually, it's actually pretty good, you know, so what we, whatever we came up with is actually quite nice, I thought. <laughs> right. And that's, <clears throat> pardon me, one of those things that as you're describing that, I'm thinking, wait, they're playing together live when they're recording. Well, that seems such a an unusual thing in this day and age that yeah. tracks are laid down individually and everything. And so that surprises me at the same time. I'm going, well, wait a minute. Who are we talking about? We're talking about the aristocrats. Of course, yeah. they want to do it live together. This is such a natural thing for you guys to basically, I guess, transpose what you do on stage to what you do in the studio. Mm-hmm. that it just so much fits your personality do you, i guess do you do you run into difficulties i guess you don't you found a studio where you like it and you can do yeah. it and I, yeah. so i guess it's not that hard to to do anymore but i guess at huh? some point it might have been difficult especially in the last four years yeah i think you know um well we did embra- embrace the idea this time around also well you know for other albums as well to do like certain overdubs in our home studios and this time around, even for the first time, we had, I think, two songs that we actually did uh, do in our separate home studios, and it completely worked. The chemistry was still was yeah. still there. It's actually quite comfortable to know, or comforting to know. But uh, but usually, yeah, we do enjoy the live environment, and then right. you know, playing, and then doing a bunch of takes maybe fixing something that went wrong and, and, and overdubbing something or, but, but, but that's pretty much how it is. And I guess it's so funny, but you're right, you know, that, that meanwhile it needs to be pointed out as something special, you know, in the seventies or something, every band would, would, would pretty much do that. You know, they would go in the studio and play together. Isn't that what a band is supposed to do? But so <laughs> with, uh, the refinement of like computer technology that everybody can record, you know, at, at home with their software, <laughs> there is like, um, it's a beauty, you know, that you basically can do this in your home studio and you can kind of fix things on the spot pretty much almost and kind of, it's cool, you know, and, and everybody makes use of it. But some bands, I have to really say, kind of never learned how to play in a room together anymore. Like there are certain bands, you know, that when you kind of, you know, put them in the room together and say like, well, okay, and now let's 
record this as a band yeah. would have a hard time because they're not used to it. Because it's like all about like, okay, cutting, copying and pasting. And and let's not forget, you know, that this is really not what the band is all about, you know. And so yeah. so we try to kind of really keep that synergy and energy kind of uh, alive, you know. Yeah. So that's why I think live concerts are also like, you know, so important, you yeah. know. You know, imagine, but imagine like years ago, you would have said like to Miles Davis, well, you don't have to play that horn part again. We just copy and paste it for the next section. <laughs> like, you know, or, you know, Freddie Mercury. No, you don't have to kind of, you know, you know, the yeah. second uh, chorus of another one bites the dust again. Yeah. It would go like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a craft, yeah. you know, it's like you please do it. You know, I mean, again, there's nothing wrong if you, for the purpose, right? if you have an edited album and you want to kind of go that way just to experiment, there's nothing wrong with it. But again, it's, yeah, the aristocrats are pretty much uh, all about the yeah. the chemistry, and I guess it shows in the recordings. Yeah, yeah well, I those imperfections, honestly, what uh, they're they're part of the humanity of the project in the end. And yeah. while it's really really cool in some ways to have perhaps that safety net of hey, we can record these things separately and make sure that we get yeah. it just the way we want it to sound on an album. Yeah, right. It can take away some of that live chemistry. Yeah. That you guys clearly don't want to give up even in the recording process, which you know, right. means we get the real you in every way, yeah. even the imperfections on the recording that we see yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, uh, with there is no, you know, I think, you know, embracing the idea that there is no such thing as perfect is, yeah. is, is important because if everything would be perfect, then where do you go next? So like, it, it, I'm, I'm, I would hate it if you would do like, you know, the what you would think perfect product or the perfect kind of thing. Because but if you do that and you think that way, well, then it's time for you to stop. Mm-hmm. If it can't be improved, you know, where do you go from there? So I always look forward to, to like a different thing on the next album to go like, hmm, this is cool, and it was perfect maybe for that moment, but now let's kind of go into a thing and make the sound a little richer with or or a little you know let's do like a different instrument setup or something that that's something to look forward to right yeah yeah there's there's that zen mindset again i'm hearing <laughs> again yeah. going and and I, yeah. i'm curious that i i guess do you do things to reinforce that perspective for yourself or is it something you've just naturally come to adopt through all these years of working with so many different individuals yeah, I think, you know, it, be, it It comes with experience, really. Yeah. It's, uh, look, personally, like, I'm I'm on so many albums for other artists. My I have many solo albums out. And I remember, like, the first few solo albums were, like, just a challenge because you want to, you know, you think, like, oh, okay, I need to kind of put out the perfect product. I need, I need to do this. But meanwhile, it's more like decorating a house. You go into this one room, and as soon as you like it, you go, like, cool, let's move on to the next room. I, I like that one, too, okay. Let's go upstairs. Let's decorate that. Those are like the different albums, and 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 you build a house you feel comfortable living in, you know. Yeah. And if you think something needs to be changed, then you rearrange stuff and put it on the next album. And I guess you know that's really how it works. So I kind of embrace that, as you if you would call it Zen attitude, fairly quickly, you know, because it's the same with shows. Yeah. Obviously, you want to do the best possible show, and and not always am I going off stage or like all of us, you know, like I think one in 10 shows or one in 12 shows, each of our, of us, uh, all, all the three of us think alike that this was a really good concert. But usually there's always one of us who thinks like, I could 
do better or ah, we could do that some better. But that's a healthy, healthy challenge, I guess. That doesn't have anything to do with, you know, okay, we're disappointed about <laughs> some performances. You embrace it, you know, but you, the will to, 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 to really kind of, you know, be good is, is yeah. in all of us, you know, like we're not half assing things, you know, let's put it, that, let's put it that way. <laughs> right. But it doesn't mean that it has to be like an unhealthy environment to go like, oh my God, we suck, you know, no, not at all. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, that Zen attitude is there. Like if there's a mistake, you know, we can, uh, which happens on stage, uh, right. you know, everybody has like, you know, certain moments where we, you know, where we don't laugh at each other. We kind of smile most of us. Everybody like, right. ah. Shit, you know, that's the kind of thing that didn't work on. Whatever. Tomorrow we do it, but we do it differently. So, yeah. you know, yeah. It's all part of the show. It's all part of life, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes, because you never know. It's like, the, I like the, the controlled chaos kind of thing a little bit. It has to be, you know? Yeah. yeah. Now I yeah. get you. I, somehow that fits as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the one thing, it's it's amazing to me and and, you know, putting together a bit of research to talk to you and all that is, that it's there's this Marco Miniman rabbit hole you can fall into when you suddenly realize <laughs> how ubiquitous you actually are that, that I that even I didn't realize. Like I'd like to think I've got my my ear to the ground pretty well. Mm-hmm. But then I look and I go, wait a minute. He played with Tony Levin and Jordan Rudess. Wait, how was I not informed of this? How did yeah, this yeah, not yeah. get to my attention? Because that's huge. And yet <laughs> there I go like album, 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 boom, 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 solo, this I'm like, holy smokes. Yeah. It is amazing the level of energy you. that you keep oh, up and how busy you. Well, you know, it is even not that busy as it seems, you know, uh, yeah. but because what I'm doing, I, I write, you know, that's what I do. I write music and I play. Other people go to work eight hours a day. Um, and and that's what I'm doing as well. For me, music is not work. Like I say, it's, it's fun. Like I like being creative. I don't really, you know, force myself into an environment where I have to have a uh, constant creative output it just happens as soon as i grab my guitar or something i have an idea and 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 i have always in my stu- in my hotel room even like you know a studio setup like right in front of me right now is literally my computer my audio interface and i just in fact uh two days ago finished another song which is not an aristocrat song which i released online oh, wow. and um and it got great response but i literally did this Started that song just a few days before this tour. Uh, did like the basic tracks in my home studio and then finished the guitars and the rest here on the road. Wow. You know, <laughs> while other people maybe go out and, and, and drink and party or something, you know, which I sometimes do as well, you know. But I sat down on the days off and with time in my hands and yeah, you know, let's finish that song. Have fun. Yeah. And then, oh, that came up great. Let's go. I'm not going to start, but so have fun with the others and, and have a good dinner. So, and that's the same how like albums came together like with Tony and Tony Levin and Jordan Rudis. Those were like not much different than the Aristocrats albums because we also individually wrote music for these albums and then put them together. The only difference was that we did this at home, that we literally kind of, you know, provided the tracks and then established the thing, you know, not being in the same studio together. But yeah, yeah, you know, and these these things happen, you know, there's like Yeah. So so yeah, that's why there's like you know so much out there in the universe, you know, that I do because I'm not holding those back in the vault. I think like you know, meanwhile, it's as Frank Zappa and also Freddie Mercury uh, uh, already years ago described when they were asked about uh, uh, the new album or something. Literally, both indi- individually like said the same thing almost. Like Frank Zappa said, like, well, 
year. There's a new album, Eat While It's Hot. And that's the same with with Freddy. He said, like, well, it's like more it's like almost like making the texture sausages. Here, eat. And I, I think really the same way, meanwhile, especially now with social media where everything goes by so fast, you know, there is no more reason really to holding back a certain song and waiting for the big release. People don't care. So I thought like, you know, people care in the moment of time. So when I finish a song in the auto room and I think it's good, then I release it on social media. And, and when there's good response and, 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 and they kind of see how I work, it can be inspiring for musicians, you know, too. Hopefully, and they go like, oh, you know, this is how you can work as well. And this is the new way of, of, of doing so. Yeah. yeah. That's that's one of the wonders of the modern world. The, the idea of being able to finish a recording yeah. on the road in your hotel room and have it posted where people can hear it like yeah. that, you know? Absolutely. And, yeah. And you can do that's either wonderful. or. You can all get together in the studio and play together and record live yeah. like you used to do, or you can do it that way and piece them things together. And it's just means Absolutely. more music for the rest of us, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 great. It's a great creative outlet, I think, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of the road, um, what do you guys have coming up touring-wise in the coming year? Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, so we have our little tour right now here on the on the West Coast that is kind of ongoing. Well, we have like two more shows on that one left, yeah. which was just really an album presentation, so to speak. We were just kind of t- test driving now the new songs. And, uh, or are, you know, t- t- tonight is the next show. And, um, so it, those were like a few selected, uh, venues and, uh, they were all sold out and that was, that's actually like pretty quickly. So that was very cool. And then in the summer we have like the real big tour. So that's going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, that's going to be, uh, in Latin America. And then we go to. Canada as well, United States, that's going to be like almost three months. And um, then we might go to, yeah, all sorts of different places again, you know, like, like we're going to go to Europe, we're going to go to Asia, South America. So that's going to be our life for the next two years. And uh, we are very likely going to do the cruise to the edge in 2025. Um, yeah. So those are the touring plans and um, yeah and while that happens i'm certainly writing more material and once that circle is is being finished you know then we might go in the studio to do the next thing if we still if we still like each other <laughs> so i'll be late in proofreading myself basically are those dates announced yet i didn't think i saw them yet for all those ones no about. no good okay no 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 no. i mean they're not announced yet you know but that'll soon happen that'll yeah soon gotcha that's all in the make sure thing. I hate yeah. when I miss something and I find out in an interview I somehow yeah, never missed something. True. True, yeah, yeah. Some, things are, some things are in the making still, yeah, that's right. Gotcha. <laughs> now, I think for me what's been the biggest question, although it, it may turn out to be nothing huge, but I'm very curious as to how a, a prog rock jazz fusion power trio links up with an animator best known for Space Jam to do their album cover for this. How... What's the story behind that? Is t- please tell me there's a big one. Ah, <laughs> uh, there is. Uh, I think you know what really happened was, uh, you know, I have to, if I'm wrong, and I, I need to kind of ask Brian about it because we each, each of us individually knew people who are in animation, and yeah. uh, oh. and one of my cover artists actually who, who worked on my last solo album, Their Colors Fade. He's very good. So we had like um, a bunch of people designing different ducks. 
to find because we wanted to find like a duck with character we wanted to have yeah. something that is like a you know donald duck or something like a, like a like a thing that you you know that you that you don't forget that you won't forget that you kind of have like you know that it has a certain personality and uh and finally i think it was brian uh plays with with this band death clock as you know and um and uh Brandon Small, who's the creator of, uh, he was the main guy in Death Clock and also created the show Metalocalypse, yeah. which I actually spoke voices for as well. So I did like, you know, that. So we have like ties, obviously, to all of this. And I think he was the one, if I'm correct, I don't want to say anything wrong, recommending one of the animators. And he came, he came along with the duck, you know, that we all liked. Yeah, yeah. That's how that happened. And then we kind of took the whole thing on the journey. We, we refined the duck a little bit. That was totally the thing what we did as a as an aristocratic, so to speak, fest. Uh, yeah, meeting and thing, you know, or sending the pictures around, going like, okay, which ones do we like best? Which is the aristocrat's duck? Um, that's how that really happened. It's not easy. That stuff was like, you know, that took almost more time than doing the album. You know, really kind of finding the right character. Yeah. So we almost hit like deadlines with that, you know, like and going like, oh my gosh, you know, we did actually an album that is good. Why do we worry about that duck now? You know, but but here we are, you know, <laughs> and the, and the, and there it is, you know. So so uh, so far, also the album sales have been very 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 good, and the response has been very nice. So Excellent. yeah, I guess we hopefully did something right then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and of course we're talking about Lance Myers, who I guess did the album cover. But I remember when I first saw that. And the announcement, you know, Aristocrats coming out, new album, Duck. And I looked at that picture and I immediately thought, are they doing a concept? Because there's all these characters in there. I'm like, it yeah. looks like there's a story to tell here. So yes, absolutely, he, he did an excellent job and you guys with them to create yeah. an album cover that, that literally says, here's a story yeah. and it's instrumental. There's still a story. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, it's like uh, it's interesting. We never th saw that coming either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 very cool, and the album itself is very cool. Of course, I've been listening to that. It's it's been a deluge of amazing albums so far this year, and you guys are just one of them. So it's uh, thank you very much. It's it's I, I my head is full. <laughs> oh, good. Hopefully, in a good way. You know, uh, we yes. we try. We always we only try to make people happy. You know, yes. that's the thing. You know, I guess in this world, especially these days, or something. It's good to kind of bring some good energy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think you accomplished that with this particular album. So, you know, great work for you guys. And I just want to say what a what a what a fun time I've had chatting with you today. It's it's definitely oh, been an you. honor and a privilege. I'm I'm quote unquote a drummer myself, meaning oh, cool. I picked up sticks when I was in high school and yeah. <laughs> never really got very far with it, but I've only <laughs> had an admiration for the craft. So Oh, cool. Well, great. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was a it was a great time talking with you, and thanks for all the knowledgeable questions and stuff like that. It's very cool. <laughs> I try, I try to do my best because I know you got to do a lot of interviews, so you know, let's yeah, make sure I yeah. try to hit some things other people miss if I'm lucky. But Good. wish you guys the best. I'm glad to hear the album is taking off quickly. I hope it is a huge success. I Thank hope you. for it big success, and I hopefully look forward to seeing you guys on the East Coast somewhere. I'm yes. there. Oh, by all means, please come by and we hang. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. Cool. Excellent. Well, best to you and best to the other guys, to, to Brian and Guthrie, and uh, take care. Thank you so much. All right. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
I really, really love the, the perspectives that people who work in a field develop over a long career, and especially when they've had the opportunity to do a lot of different things. Having recently spoken to Bumblefoot and now speaking to Marco Miniman this time around, it just is amazing how similar their perspectives are, how much they develop this almost Zen philosophy of what it is to work in a band, in a group with others, and how to adapt and change to what's going on. It really is, to me, amazing and, and inspiring, really, to be honest. It, it is such a great mindset to be in. And I would just want to say, Marco Miniman, sir, I had an absolute great time talking with you. It was a great conversation, and I hope we get to do it again sometime in the future. There's just a lot of different things to talk about and so many things to talk about when it comes to making music and creating art. And I just find it so very fascinating, and I love to pick the brains of those who do it. I absolutely do. So thank you again, Marco Miniman, for your time. I appreciate it. Wishing you and the rest of the Aristocrats all the best with a new album. Sounds like it's already hitting the roads hot and getting great responses from the critics and the fans out there. So that's hardly unexpected given the pedigree here. So I wish you guys the best with all that. And when you're touring, have a fun, safe time. And I look forward to seeing you here on the East Coast in hopefully the very near future. We'll see how soon it is, but I plan to be there. And I want to thank all of you out there for watching or listening. Appreciate your time. If you could subscribe or hit the like button, all those things would be lovely, really do help the channel out. I appreciate it. And I want to remind you the social media links are below. You can follow me along out there in the social media world, as well as if you want to check out the link for my Live 365 channel, The Expanse, where you can hear nothing but progressive rock, progressive metal, everything progressive 24-7. And Sundays are special where we have the Brain Salad Sunday that focuses only on classic progressive rock from the 60s and 70s. So if you want to just limit yourself and just go back into the yesteryears, that's how you do it. That's all I got for you right now. We want to remind you all, never fear to deviate from the norm. Keep it proggy. And this is Super Dave, signing off. <laughs>